This Wednesday, of course, is our business meeting at 7 o'clock, part of the evening service. Then on February 14th, this is going to be real easy to remember. February 14th is Valentine's Day. I'm telling you guys ahead of time. So you're not all running out. You know, you know the busiest place in Maslin on February 13th at 6 o'clock Saturday night? The dollar store. <laughs> so February 14th is a Sunday this year. So we are having a little special emphasis on that Sunday. We're going to call it I Love Sunday School Sunday. And the idea is for everybody to make the effort to be here at 10 o'clock. Adult class as well as our children. And those of you who have children or grandchildren or kids that you bring to church to make the effort to be here for that particular Sunday to help build up the Sunday school. <clears throat> and so we're going to give a special prize to each person that's here. The kids' prize is different than the adult prize. But we'll have a prize for the adults. And so would you begin to think about that, pray about that, and work to that end, and pray for good weather. And then Sunday evening of the 14th, we'll be having some uh, time of fellowship after the service. For those of you who are comfortable, if you're not, I'll eat your stuff. That's fine. I can't eat most stuff. It just takes me a while to eat it. So I might be sitting there until 9 o'clock eating cookies or whatever we're going to have. But hey, I eat, little, I eat all kinds of good stuff. Cake and pie. This, eight, I, this week I ate like six cupcakes. Not in a row. But hey, so if you will keep that in mind, keep that in prayer, and, and that'll be a help and a blessing. A couple of things to mention for prayer before we look at Ephesians 6, if you'll allow me to do that. Pray for the family of Norma Moorhead. As you know, I mentioned in the service that Bill was very critical the other night. Bill passed away, and so you may or may have not have seen that in the paper. I'm not sure when they're going to put it in. But that service, the calling hours are tomorrow from 6 to 8 at Packley's, and then an hour before the service on Tuesday at 11 o'clock at Packley's. And so I'll be having that service. So pray for that family. I know they'll appreciate it. And also let me mention this just for information's sake. Normally the church provides a dinner or a lunch for the families who are members. And because of COVID, what we have been doing is we just give the family the money we would spend. Normally the church buys the meat and the supplies. And then People, the good people of the church provide the side dishes. So what we do, we have been doing this past year, just giving the family the money, and they can do with it what they want. So, so we won't need a dinner is the point. <clears throat> also continue to pray for Ruth Pappas in the hospital. Ruth had surgery, and just pray for Ruth and her general health for her family. Continue to pray about the building fund. We still continue our getting commitments in for that. Thank you for that. If you've turned yours in, praise the Lord. If not, you can... You could put on a piece of scrap paper and put BF. We don't care. And so keep that in prayer. We'll keep that open for just a little bit. Ephesians chapter 6. And then hold your place there in Ephesians 6. Turn back to chapter 1 of Ephesians. This morning I am beginning a mini-series on the subject of of prayer and what I will do is each time I preach normally Pastor Rice and I are switching off on Sunday morning adult class Sunday morning we switch <clears throat> we switch back and forth and so when I am preaching I'm going to be preaching on the subject see how many messages I ain't going to tell you because I say it's a mini series it's not going to be no 12 13 weeks unless you know something special happens so I'm not telling you how many it is because 
the Lord may give me some more ideas. I got a few more yesterday. They're not in my message, so we'll just see what happens. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 1, Paul, of course, is writing to the church, which is the people, not a building. The church is people. You can have a church without a building. I think we did that once, a couple times. So Paul is writing to people. And isn't it interesting how God has preserved his word for us? You're people. I'm looking around. Yep, everybody's a people. Appreciate you being in our adult class. Help us build that up too. Continue to pray too for many of our families who are sick, recovering, or who are COVID conscious. Paul, Ephesians 1.1. Paul, an apostle. Paul claimed himself to be the 13th apostle. An apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints. Saints in the Bible means saved people. Not like we use the word saint. Which are at Ephesus. That's a city. That city is still around today, by the way. So Paul is writing under Holy Spirit inspiration to these people. Notice, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. You know who that is? Not only faithful Christ Jesus in their day, but you. If you're faithful in Christ Jesus, you're saved, you're faithful in him. He's writing to you, and God has preserved it. So here he is in chapter 6. If you'll turn over there a couple pages. He's getting to the end of his letter. Now remember, Paul loved these people, knew these people. He's getting to the end of his letter and almost the end of the last chapter, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. If you have your Bible at home, I trust you do. Turn to that book, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. Remember, Paul is writing to people and to you and me, verse 18 of chapter 6. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. This morning, I want us to begin by talking a little bit about the importance of prayer. The importance of prayer. Let me say, and I think you would agree with me, it is essential. It's not just important. We hear the word essential. Remember the big hassle? What's essential? What the church? We, we say the church is essential, whether the government says it is or not. Isn't it funny how the strip clubs are essential, but, you, but they're limiting the church? Somehow that's kind of weird to me. So, you know, people are arguing what's essential. That gets to stay open. The church is essential, but prayer is essential. So everybody go, oh, yeah, it's important. Yeah, prayer, oh, yeah. It's essential. I mean, you've got to have it. Many times Christians talk the talk of prayer, but they don't pray enough like they say they do. Like, oh, I'll be praying for you. And that's a nice sentiment. I'll be praying for you or whatever, but they don't do it. Or we talk about prayer. You know, the old saying, it's not Bible, but it's true. People talk about stuff all the time, probably aren't doing it. That's from Jacob's theology, from listening to people for 45 years. Oh, if they're always talking about prayer, they're probably not praying, because if you do it, you don't have to talk about it. Now, occasionally you may say something about it, but you're not talking about it all the time. Interesting. In Ephesians 6.18, we read the words, we'll put... Very importance on prayer. 
And we just read it. And we stopped and made the way the meaning of these words here in verse 18. Note the connection in which they're found. And I think if the intelligent child of God, which you are all, I'm looking around, you're all intelligent today. Now, wasn't that good? The intelligent child of God would come to the conclusion that prayer is absolutely important and essential. So think about this a minute. It tells us that we must, we must pray. It's not we'd like to, it's a good idea. We absolutely must pray. We must put our energy, our heart, our soul into prayer. Whatever we do, we must pray. I think we, you need to be convinced of that individually. I think the thing is that many Christians are not convinced of that. Maybe you need to be convinced of that today. Notice in the verse 18 of chapter 6, all the all the alls with all prayer at all seasons, in all perseverance, for all the saints. And then notice up the piling of the strong words there. Prayer, supplication, and perseverance, or staying with it. A note once more the strong expression, watching thereunto. More literally, being sleepless, if, I, if you will. Paul realized the natural slothfulness of man, especially in his natural slothfulness of prayer. You ever notice when you get to pray, all of a sudden you get tired and sleepy? Isn't that strange? I remember when I was younger, like when I was still at home, and I would literally get on my knees, shut my little door to my little bedroom, and you know what? Invariably, I would tend to fall asleep. And I was a teenager. I got thinking to myself, now Mark, what's wrong with you? You're 16, 17 years old. You shouldn't be tired. So I decided I would lay in bed and do it that way. Guess what? I didn't fall asleep. Some people walk while they pray. Some people sit in their chair. A lot of times I sit in my chair in my office and pray. I don't fall asleep anymore. But the, the real prayer is work. And our tendency is we don't want to work. We're lazy, all of us, to some degree. In this matter of prayer, how seldom we pray things through. How often does the individual and, the, and maybe the church get right on a point of blessing and we quit praying? I think that's part of what Jesus meant when he said Luke 18 1, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Because the longer it goes before it's answered or the problem solved, we tend to get, we're, oh, I've prayed about this for two weeks now. And perseverance. Keep on praying. As the old timers used to sing, keep on praying till light breaks through. As long as you're alive, as long as God's alive, keep praying about it. So nothing's happening. You're not dead yet. God is not dead, so just keep on praying. <clears throat> Why is this constant, persistent, sleepless, overcoming prayer so needful? Now, I know you're intelligent people. I mean, if you've been saved for many years, you know these things. But we need to be reminded of prayer because <clears throat> we're still in a new month of a new year. And I think we all would agree this morning. If not, I'm going to say it anyway. One of the things our nation needs is sincere prayer. That would go a long way to solve a lot of problems. And I know they have a chaplain that is hired by the, even the Congress and Senate. I listened to that. It was a woman, by the way, this last week. I listened to that. I'm thinking to myself, that's a gas bag prayer. 
Sorry. It was written out. I don't write my prayers out. We're supposed to pray from the heart. Is it a sin to write a prayer out? I don't know I'd say that. But that prayer didn't hardly relate to me, much less to God. If you, if you watched it, I listened to one, or maybe it's at the inauguration, some prayer I'm going, man, that is so special in a negative way. You notice they didn't ask me to pray. I wouldn't have said what that woman said. Well, why is it so important? Let's concentrate on ourselves for just a moment. As Paul wrote to these believers in this church, because it hasn't changed. And people have not changed. I want to give you some of the, some of the answers to that question, why it's so important. Number one, because there's a devil. Now, we can blame everything on the devil, and some people do. Sometimes it's not the devil's fault. Like God, he gets blamed for things that are not his fault. But a lot of stuff is his fault. He is evil. Jesus' work is to give life, to build up. Satan's work is to tear down and destroy. There is a devil. Now, people laugh and say, oh, does does he have horns and a pitchfork and a red tail? That's only on TV. No, he is called many things, but one of the things he is called is the God of this world. He is a real being. He's not more powerful than God, but he is a real being. And the Bibles, the Bible would tell us that the fools say there is no devil or there is no God. <clears throat> he is cunning and he is mighty. He never rests. And in my opinion, I think in many of your opinion, maybe all of you, that he is working double time, maybe triple time today. I think he's working harder because he knows his time is short. He knows the Bible better than we do. He knows what his end is. And in simple, plain English and bad grammar, it ain't good. He is ever plotting the downfall of the child of God and God's work. The Bible says your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Then it goes on to say, whom resists steadfast. He wants to destroy you, your family, your nation, your church. And he doesn't, and so we can't relax in prayer because the devil will succeed in entrapping us and snaring us. And so <clears throat> I think that's the thought of the, con, of the context. Now look, look back to verse 12. We didn't read that. <clears throat> For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Then comes verse 13. Wherefore, meaning because of all things he just said, Ephesians 6, 13. Take unto you the whole or complete armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. And then, of course, he comes down to verse 18. He talks about prayer. Isn't that interesting? I, I think it's God led him because that's very important. The devil is real. That's one reason why we need to pray. It doesn't matter if people don't believe in him or not. The Bible talks about him. The Bible says he exists. We need to consciously remember Another reason why prayer is important is prayer is God's appointed way for obtaining things. 
And the great secret of all lack in our experience in our life and our work is neglect of prayer. James, in chapter 4, let me just give you the verse. In chapter 4, verse 2 says this, You have not because you ask not. Guys, don't ever say it to your wife because she'll ask. Or vice versa. James says you have not because you ask not. It's a little bit common sense, isn't it? James is saying the reason why you don't have anything because you don't ask for it. Now he goes on to say, don't ask amiss that you be consumed upon your lust. But I'm not going there. I'm not going there this morning. Anyway, we're supposed to ask. Jesus said, Matthew, ask and you'll receive. I think James' words contain the secret of the poverty and powerlessness of the average Christian. <clears throat> Neglect of prayer. Many times a Christian is asking, why am I making so little progress in my Christian life? Why am I not a better, stronger Christian this year than last year? It's very possible that part of that reason, the answer is neglect of prayer. And we all say, well, we're all busy. When you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. Cut something out. You don't have to watch the news three times a day. Because the same stuff, I'm going to use the word, regurgitated. <laughs> it's the same stuff. So get, maybe get your paper. Maybe. <clears throat> it's the same stuff, too. I've checked it a couple times. I ain't getting this no more. Now I get Sundays. It's a, Sunday's paper is essential because all the flyers are in there. I don't know what's on sale. <clears throat> but the rest of the week, it's the same old garbage. Churches are saying, why is it the church of Christ makes so little headway against unbelief and error and sin and worldliness? Once more, I think we hear the God answering neglect of prayer. <clears throat> you have not because you ask not. Another reason why prayer is so important is those whom God set forth as a pattern of what he expected Christians to be, the apostles in particular, regarded prayer as their most important business. Do you remember when the, one day the Bible says, well, one day it happened, the Bible recorded it, that the disciples, the number of disciples was increasing. They were, going, they were having more people saved and so on and so forth. And <clears throat> what happened was they called all the people together and said, you know what, we shouldn't, and I'm paraphrasing this, we, shouldn't, we should not be involved with this, taking our time. We should give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. By the way, those two things go hand in hand. Reading your Bible and praying go hand in hand. They really do. You talk to God, God talks to you as simple as that is. <clears throat> and so that's how the first deacons were chosen, by the way. They're in the book of Acts. <clears throat> All the mighty men God used outside the Bible and in the Bible have been men of prayer. We may have, they may have different personalities, different likes, different dislikes. The apostles were all different. It's a good thing all 12 of them were like Peter. Wouldn't that have been special? So they're all different, and God used all their personalities, and God used them. But the key that they needed was prayer. They said, you know what? We're getting too messed up with all of the other stuff. <clears throat> we need to give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. Another reason why prayer is important. 
Prayer was very important in the life of Jesus. Let me give you this verse, and I'll read it for you. In Mark 135, I don't like this verse because it's convicting. But this is what it says. It talks about Jesus. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out, Jesus, and departed into a solitary place. He was by himself. And there prayed. Now, if you look back in the text, the day before that happened was a very busy day. We'd say, oh, he had a busy, busy day of preaching and ministering. But it seems that Jesus shortened his hours of sleep so he could get up early to pray. That thought is convicting, isn't it? <clears throat> we, get up, we may get up early for a lot of things. But here Jesus got up, and at least in Mark one thirty-five, got up early so he could pray. We find another place in Luke six twelve another convicting verse. We're talking about Jesus praying and why it's important. If it's important to him, it's got to be important to us. It says that he went in those days and came, went into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Isn't that convicting? All night? How could a person, somebody would say, how a person pray all night? Well, try it. You might find out. Sometimes when you start praying, you kind of get down a roll. God brings things to your mind, people to your mind. I, we, we say we believe the Bible, so he did it. Our Savior found it necessary on occasion to take a whole night for prayer. The words prayer and prayer are used at least 25 times in connection with the Lord and his brief life, his ministry, and the four Gospels. His praying is mentioned in places that may not use the word prayer, but he is at a time of, of prayer, whether it says the words prayer or not. Evidently, prayer took much time, energy, and strength for Jesus and also gave him those things. A man or woman who does not spend much time in prayer cannot properly be called a follower of Christ. What makes a Christian different? Well, a lot of things. One of them is prayer. And we're praying to the God there is only one. We're not praying to Allah. We're not praying to anybody else. We're praying to the one God who can hear and answer prayer. That's the difference in a Christian. Now, people do pray. And I've jokingly said there will always be prayer in school as long as there's tests. And people will say, oh, I pray about that. I pray about that. But who are they praying to? Another reason why prayer is so important is praying is the most praying is the most important part of the present ministry of the Lord. Think about this for a minute. Let me give you a couple of verses and we'll think about it. Let me say this that Jesus' ministry did not end at his death. We know he died, paid for our sins, but that wasn't the end of his ministry because he resurrected, he went back to heaven, and the Bible says he intercedes for us. Now I do not claim to understand that completely. If you do, I'll be glad to hear you what you've got to say. But I know what the Bible says. <clears throat> Excuse me. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, I'll read it for you. Hebrews seven twenty-five. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, Jesus, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. 
Another verse, Romans 8.34. Who is he that shall condemn? It is Christ Jesus that died, yea, rather that was raised from the dead, who is at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Now, I don't think we fully understand that, but it tells us that one of his ministries now is prayer intercession. And for us, and for you, and for others. Again, I don't understand it, but you know what? Sounds good to me. Who could you have better interceding for you than Jesus? I mean, really. So it was important in his life, and it's important in his ministry even now. If we'd maintain the spirit of constant prayer, take time and take plenty of it. Now people say, well, it's not important the, the, the quantity. It's the quantity. Do you know what? That's coming from a gas bag. When somebody, I'm talking to you very plain. That's, that means they're not really, if they're a person of prayer, they don't think about that. Do people think about going to a football game, sitting there for three hours in the cold, those crummy benches and tigers? They, they are not comfortable, I can tell you from personal experience. <clears throat> and the hot dogs aren't that good either. Maybe good, maybe glad I couldn't eat. I've had these hot dogs, they're not that good. Sorry, but they're not. The point is, we don't complain about that, but do we? We sit there for three hours, or we watch it on TV at home. We watch the Super Bowl's coming up. People will be watching that. We sit there for three hours, I'll watch that. Don't think nothing about it. Now, God, does, God measures sincerity of our heart. We understand that, but we take a lot of time to do everything else. And I've read stories about people who have prayed hours and hours, and <clears throat> it's kind of convicting, isn't it? Think about it. We spend so little in prayer. We need to shut ourselves up like Jesus in the secret place, alone with God for nothing but prayer. As my pastor used to say, shut the world on the outside. Get alone by yourself. So there's no place to get alone. I got all these kids running around the house and the dog and the cat and the hamster and everything. Go to the bathroom and lock the door. So we only got one. Tell them they're going to have to i got to go to the bathroom, Dad. Hold it. Like you tell them otherwise, right? Are you with me? Or go to the basement. Go out in your car. Go to the garage. If you want to pray bad enough, you can find a place. <clears throat> but it's best to be by yourself because you'll get distracted. You ever notice, too, when you start to pray, the phone rings? Doesn't ring all day. You, you say, I'm going to pray about this. All of a sudden, the phone rings. It's like, okay, I guess there is a devil. <laughs> He wants to hinder, we laugh and it's funny, he wants to hinder your prayers. You know why? Because he knows prayer has power. And someone has said, though it's not a verse in the Bible, <clears throat> when Satan sees a Christian praying, he shiver, he trembles. I guess that's what part of what John meant when he said in 1 John, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He's still subservient to God. So if you have Christ as Savior, you have someone greater than the devil. Another reason why, why prayer is so important is it means that God has appointed for our receiving mercy and obtaining grace to help in time of need. <clears throat> All of us, probably each week and maybe each day, find ourselves in a place where we need grace. I guess I'm talking about myself and about you too. How do we get that grace? Oh, you just go buy it at Walmart. I wish you could. 
It just, you just get it. You just screw up the top of your head and it just drops in. Uh-uh. Hebrews 4.16 says this, Let us therefore come boldly, not brashly, not demandingly, boldly, meaning confidently, because you know him as Savior. He's your Heavenly Father. Let us come boldly into the throne of grace. I think that speaks to prayer. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I think those words make it very plain that God has appointed the way by which we sh shall seek and obtain mercy and grace. <clears throat> and that way is prayer. That's the only way you're going to get it. His mercy is asked for it. Go back in the gospel accounts. How many times did people say, Lord, have mercy on me or have mercy on my son? They ask. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful just to forgive us. But you have to ask. How do you do that? I'm going to send God a text. Don't be, fool. Don't be foolish. Wouldn't you die if he sent you one back and answer? If he does, please tell me. I'd like to know. He doesn't work that way. Yeah, he works. God works through prayer. We, we know this always to be true, but we need to be refreshed and reminded of this for this new year. Because I think without meaning to, we kind of forget these things. <clears throat> I'm not telling you anything that's new. Hey, you know what? I'm reminding myself. And it's, it helps me, it helps you. And I would guess in this congregation that there are a good amount of people that need grace today. How are you going to get it? People pray for you, certainly. We pray for others, certainly, but you need to pray for it. Because you know exactly what you need is better than anybody else. If we only realize the fullness of God's grace that is ours for the asking. Another reason why prayer is important in the prayer in the name of Jesus Christ is the way Jesus Christ himself has appointed for his disciples to obtain fullness of joy. Now, I don't know about you, I haven't seen too many joyful people this week. Present company accepted. And occasionally we may not be joyful ourselves. I mean, I've been to Walmart, I've been to Speedway, I've been around. <clears throat> I don't see too many joyful people. I see people that are burdened down. I see people that are sad, etc., etc. And I'm not being critical <clears throat> because we may, you know, once in a while we have a bad day too. Christians can have bad days. The difference is you have Christ to help you, to give you grace to get through it. What do these poor and saved people do? I don't know. <clears throat> Let me give you a verse about what I'm talking about so you know it's from the Bible. In John 16, 24. John 16, 24. And in the context, Jesus is talking to his disciples. Now, <clears throat> of all people, wouldn't you think they'd be full of joy being around him? Here's what he said. John 16, 24. Hitherto, meaning up to this point, have ye asked nothing in my name? Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Not that you'd be joyful, but that your joy excuse me, would be full. Does anybody not want to be full of joy? Though I've met people of you that are full of all kinds of other stuff besides joy. And I, one of the, your words I would use is baloney. 
They're full of baloney. And I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> Who does not wish to be joy-filled, full? Well, we have to, one of the ways we do is through prayer. We all know people whose whose joy is filled full. It's kind of running over, you know. You can tell it. You can be around them, and they're the kind of people you want to be around. <clears throat> I tell you, the joyless people, I don't want to be around them. They're critical. They're negative. They're bitter. I'm thinking, even Christian people, I'm thinking. I don't want to be around this person. <clears throat> I don't think Jesus was that way. Well, that doesn't mean Jesus had burdens, didn't he? Did, remember when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane? I'm not sure, and I say this carefully. I'm not sure he was joyful. Would you be? At that moment, and in the man, the humanity coming out of him? Why is it that prayer in the name of Christ brings such fullness of joy? In part, <clears throat> because we receive what we ask for. Now, when you, when your children gave you a list this long for Christmas, and you got and you got what the little darlings wanted, and you saw the look on their face, did it kind of bring you some joy? The answer is yes. <clears throat> of course it did. And even even if it was your wife or adult or your own mother, father, whatever, it brought you some joy because they asked and you gave it to them. So when we ask the Lord about things and he gives it to us, it not only helps our joy, it makes you want to pray more. It also, you know what it does? In simple terms, it makes God real. See, we don't, see these disciples, or Jesus' disciples, when he said that in John 16, they saw him. They talked with him. They ate with him. They ministered with him. We can't do that today. That's just the reality, the way things are. So what it does, it makes God real to us. And the more we pray, the more we see, the more we realize that God is real, and the more it encourages us to pray again. Think of your own lifetimes you've prayed about stuff. And even, even little things, you know, little things like praying for parking places, praying for... I mean, in everything by prayer, that's what the Bible says. So I believe that stuff. Do you pray for parking places? Yes, I do. Is it always answered? Most of the time. And I mean, on and on, we could go about different things. And they may be, if you would tell someone else, they're insignificant to other people. But to you, they're important because they're something on your heart and mind. And everybody here has different needs and wants and problems, different needs for grace, different things you're praying about. Some of them are common to us all, but it makes God real to you. I can't make God real to you through me. And you can't make God real to other people. It's real to you. Now, they may learn from your experience, but God is real to you when you pray, and also your joy is full. Another reason why prayer is important, prayer in every care and anxiety and need of life with thanksgiving means that God has appointed us obtaining freedom from all this stuff. The world today at large, talk about anxiety attack. If you ask me, the world's having an anxiety attack, aren't they? And I say that kindly and carefully. <clears throat> we hear that terminology used a lot. And that's not to discount the difficulties of the world we should not be ostriches 
well, everything's fine. Everything's not fine. Remember, this world's not our home. If this world was all I had to live for, I wouldn't be here today. I th- I'd say I'd be in Lieberman's, but they're closed on Sunday. <clears throat> and they're closed on Monday. Those are dirty rats. I'd be somewhere besides here. I'd be living it up. That's why they're doing what they're doing. In their mind, this world's it. They die and that's it. That's very sad. You and I know people like that. They need the gospel. That's another thing that talks answer prayer. When you pray for them to be saved and somebody's saved, it does something special for you. You and I both know it's not our power. It's not our Holy Spirit. It's, It's not us. It's God working in their heart. Let me read you that verse I just mentioned, or I alluded to the con, to the content of the verse in Philippians four six and seven, a well known passage of scripture. We're talking about the importance of prayer. Be careful for nothing. I I can read that. I find it hard to do. I kind of think I'm looking at people who may have a little bit of trouble with that too. Sometimes, what does that mean? Be careful for nothing. Just what the words say. But instead of being full of care, that's conjunction, joins the thought. The thought of be careful of nothing, but instead of being careful in everything by prayer and supplication. See, the world doesn't do that. They do everything but prayer and supplication. Notice he says also, with thanksgiving, Philippians 4, verse 6, let your requests... Not your demands. Let your request be made known unto the pastor. I'll help you pray about stuff, but you know what? Let your request be known to God. He's the one that we pray to. And notice what happens when we do that. The verse tells, this verse is so good. Verse 7. And, that means the result. The result of not being full of care, but going to God in prayer and everything. The peace of God, which the world at the large does not know today. The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, means man can't figure it out. Paul is talking to the Christians at the Philippian church. The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Isn't that part of the world's problem today, their hearts and their minds? You know, hard trouble is still the number one trouble. And I, don't mean, I'm not, I don't mean that in a critical way, but it's ancient people's minds. He says, I'll give your heart, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus if you don't be careful. Again, it's so easy. <clears throat> it's so easy to read that verse. It's so hard to do. But our natural tendency is we've got a problem. We try to figure it out ourselves. It's not that we're discounting God. It's not that we're denying God. Even as Christians, we all oh, just solve this problem. Now, if it's some little tiny thing, you know, you may, you'll have to determine what it is, but it says in everything. <clears throat> everything. God must be busy listening to all of us. In everything. The peace of God will pass understanding that passes all human understanding shall help you, your heart and your mind, 
Many don't have that because they, because they don't pray. We all know people that we say, well, how does that person keep going? I always thought of, how does this person keep going? How do they keep doing? How do they keep surviving? <clears throat> I guarantee you a big part of that is prayer. They've learned what that verse means, and they put it into practice, being careful for nothing. Well, I don't think he implies by that that we should be flippant. Oh, I don't care about nothing. I'm, just, I'm not going to get a job. I'm not going to clean the house. I'm not going to put gas in the car. I'm not going to mow my lawn. You're going to run out of gas quick. Your house is going to get dirty. <clears throat> in simple terms, you're a bum. That's not what he means. But we tend to be all upset about things. And some things, I mean, we understand. Do you think Jesus knows what's upsetting? Of course he does. Do you think he was ever upset? I think so. How about when the disciples did not understand what he's trying to say to them? It's almost like, are you guys listening to me? And what about when they... When the people had unbelief, no, no, we could go. <clears throat> Prayer is important because the method God has Himself appointed for us obtaining the Holy Spirit. Now, you have, you have the Holy Spirit when you're saved. We're sealed with the Spirit of God. Ephesians one thirteen, the same book here, Paul tells us. <clears throat> but maybe another word to help us understand that would be the fullness of the Spirit. You see, the Spirit we have all of Him. Some of our Pentecostals friends say, well, you have to get more of him. It's a second decision. You receive a Savior, but you have to get more of him. It's a second work of grace. It's erroneous. The issue is not that we have more of him, but that he has more of us. That's fullness. Remember when John the Baptist said these words? He introduced Jesus' ministry and said, I must decrease but he must increase now we know what he meant but jesus ministry was becoming more prominent and he was kind of backing down but i think also we could apply that spiritually and say he must increase i must decrease you know when he when he's in charge of control it solves a bunch of problems doesn't it yes it does pastor i know you agree with me and it's true. So the fullness, <clears throat> the fullness of the Spirit of God, <clears throat> another reason, another reason why <clears throat> prayer is important is it means that Christ is appointed whereby our hearts shall not become overcharged with surfeiting, drunkenness, and cares of this life. So that what happens is we get sidetracked, if I can use that word, and we're not really expecting Jesus to come. Do you think the people in Washington are expecting Jesus to come? Maybe some of them are. Let's be a little bit fair. They're not expecting Jesus to come. <clears throat> I wonder how many members of Anchor Baptist Church are expecting him to come. No, I don't mean to go home after church, stand at the back door and say, okay, Jesus, come on, I'm ready. It's a mindset, it's a mentality that you're ready for him to come, that you don't get overtaken and sidetracked. And here's the verse in Luke 21, verse 34 to 36. 
I'm talking about prayer being important. It helps us to not be overcome with many things, including the cares of this life. Now you say, I don't have any cares in my life. Now you're lying. This morning I got up and the car would start. Now, I, why on Sunday morning? You tell me. And it was really cold outside. Now, obviously I'm here. What I'm saying is, cares of this life, we all have cares. In Luke 21, let me read to you the verse 34. We're talking about the importance of prayer. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time, it can happen at any time, your hearts, remember when you pray the peace of God to keep your hearts through Christ Jesus? At any time your hearts be overcharged or burned down with surfeiting and drunkenness and <clears throat> cares of this life. They are many. And so that day come on you, in other words. In other words, you and I get sidetracked to the point where we're worried about all these things and taking care of these things that we forget that Jesus is He is coming. And by us constantly thinking that he's coming, you know what, it propels us to serve him. Or it should. It should be a motivation to serve him because he's coming. Because we're going to have to answer. You know what's there with empty hands to you? Say, Lord, well, I didn't do anything. I was looking for you to come, but hey, after all. The Bible even talks, says about those that love him and his appearing. I wonder how many Christians really love him, will love him to come. Or not because he's going to mess up their life, their schedule. Cares of this life. Is anything in this life more important than him coming? We all would say no. But sometimes we don't live and act like that. <clears throat> uh, let me continue in verse in Luke 21, then we're going to close. For as a snare shall it come upon all of them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always. Luke 21, verse 34 through 36. Wow, what a thought. I think we're going to stop there for today. Let's, if you would just, let's stand please with our heads bowed and our eyes closed for just a moment. Father, I pray you'd speak to our hearts, every one of us here in the auditorium and the adult class. Thank you for those that are here. Bless every Sunday school class, every teacher. <clears throat> speak to our hearts and those who are listening electronically. Help us to be challenged, reminded convicted, assured of the importance of prayer. We all would agree with it. We all would say yes. Help us to do a better job of it 2021. Help us to take these scriptures and these verses. Help it to propel us to be faithful in daily prayer, not just when we have problems, not just when we have needs, certainly at those times, but help us to be in a place and position of prayer that we just talked to you about something. We can talk to you about something else. I pray that our adult class would be a class of adults of prayer. Prayer for our nation, for our leaders, for our church, for our people, whatever it might be, for our missionaries. God, speak to every heart, we pray in Jesus' name. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, and just think about that. Maybe you need to make a commitment to the Lord. I'm not the assistant Holy Spirit, but... Maybe you need to recommit yourself and say, no, Lord, I need to really work on this. I think probably we all could do a little, a little better 
I don't think anybody would say, well, you know what? I'm there. I certainly wouldn't argue with someone, deny someone that's true, but I think we probably need a little more. Why did Paul say these things to these people many years before? Because people are the same. Why did Jesus say these things and challenge his own disciples? Because people are people. We are people. And how we need in 2021. Well, we had just a moment. Maybe somebody needs to pray the prayer of salvation and receive Christ as personal Savior. While we wait just a moment.